The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Here's with Eileen Bell and Sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Gotta love technology. It's 3.05 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Andrew was just asking if we watched the game uh, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was telling me that our PVR crapped out, so um, we haven't watched anything really? on TV. Yeah. I would lose it if that were the case. Our uh, internet was down all over the neighborhood this morning. Mm-hmm. We're with uh, Shaw. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so I just left to go get coffee instead, and it looked like an invasion force of Shaw mm. technicians had mm. descended upon our neighborhood. There was vans everywhere. So I assume they're doing some maintenance, but it really looked like one box was particularly a problem. There was three vans. You know what's a problem? What? Satellite internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say mm. about that. So let me talk to you about this. Yeah, this is interesting. It is. Yeah, and city's asking for your help there, Chedville. That's right. Uh, it's a federal government project It's uh, that's been launched. It's called the Smart City Challenge. And this actually goes back a few months. You may not have heard about it before. It's been on Edmonton City website. But once again, as I've often said of Edmonton's city website, I understand the need for a city website, but I really wish um, that those people who want to get information to citizens would understand that as citizens, we do not go to the city of Edmonton's website every morning to see what's new. But interesting, and I can't remember where it was. I read an article this morning just to take away from this mm-hmm. uh, for a moment that said, and I, oh gosh, which which place was it? But all information from the city will now go through the internet. Things won't be posted in the newspaper. Oh. So when things will be changed, and it wasn't here, it was somewhere else, but there was a city moving directly away from doing all of that. So internet was an absolute... Interesting. Yeah, or to the, to the web. Yeah. Uh, because think about that great big duck in Toronto. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> which turned out to be really popular. <laughs> yeah, apparently people loved it. But if you were if you were the city of Edmonton, and listen, I'll be real clear on this. City of Edmonton is not buying a big duck. But if they, they were to, what typically happens is they put it up on their city of Edmonton website that we're thinking about spending how many ever million on a big duck. And then when there's outrage because people, you know, realize, understand, learn, find out that a big duck got uh, bought or rented, and then typically city will say, well, we put it up on our website and there was no negative mm-hmm. feedback. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like people who run a city... You do it every day. You're on that website every day. And I think you assume that residents are on that website every day, but they're not. And they're just not. Like, you go to that site. Most people only go to the City of Edmonton website when they have to figure something out exactly. on their own. So if I'm if I'm doing an ex- if I'm putting in, uh, finishing my basement, what do I need to do there? If I'm, I'm putting in a hot tub, what do I need to do there? Right. Um, my neighbors are noisy. How do I deal with my that? My dog license, my cat yeah, license. Exactly. You know? That is it. But it, that, in fact, is not the problem I have. So here's, here's what it is. So federal government has this thing called a Smart City Challenge. And if you go to the uh, edmonton.ca website, or if you just Google uh, Smart City Challenge Edmonton, you'll find the link to the Edmonton uh, City website. And what it is, is the federal government has said that they're going to give a community $50 million. Um, It's going to be awarded in a few months. 
Apparently, uh, consultation with the city of Edmonton has been going on for months. Um, city of Edmonton, uh, in the fall of 2017, held two focus groups with general public and one with an inside community uh, membership to identify challenges. They talked to city staff, and now they're reaching out to citizens to say, can you suggest ideas? Uh, the mayor saying, we're looking for that one in a million idea that will help us win this challenge. Uh, I know Edmontonians are, care deeply about their city and are generous in spirit with a desire to collaborate and make a difference for their fellow citizens. So basically, they're looking for a great idea that will win this contest that will land Edmonton $50 million. My problem is this, and maybe it's stupid, maybe it's just my vacation brain, and I'm not into radio brain yet. Why do we have to win a contest? Why are we having a contest? Is it because the federal government feels like it should be funner to run a city than it is already, so they made it a fun contest? If there's a need, that government is ours. That's the federal government. If there's a need, there should be a list of priorities, regardless of city or jurisdiction or what portion of the country you live in that should be a priority list and what they're saying is no we got 50 million bucks which to most people is a lot of money mm -hmm. i know to a federal government it isn't and they're saying impress us amaze us and we'll give your city 50 million bucks i think i think it's you know you take the the, the giant hive you take mm -hmm. the hive and you get all of those you know those all those ideas together and maybe that twists off even more down the road sure um like i say i you know when i first uh, read the article i my thought thing oh, is, is if i have some great big giant idea and i want to put it in a contest i want the 50 million dollars <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> how you know if i <laughs> city i i i want to capitalize on it i guess you know and again i read the article the first time and i thought oh that's great and, yeah, maybe that would be fun. And wouldn't it be wonderful if Edmonton won? But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, so let's say that some guy in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, comes up with the winning idea. Mm -hmm. And so $50 million of our federal tax dollars goes to Charlottetown because he, she had the best idea. And my question would be, that may have been the best idea. Was that the biggest need? Because that is our money. It's federal money. So why because that guy happens or a girl happens to live in Charlottetown, was there something that we needed in Edmonton or in Calgary or, you know, somewhere out here where that 50 million would have been better suited? And then, then I, I started backing up going, why is it a contest? Like, what are they trying to, you know, the federal government went, hey, we're tired of people making propositions and proposals to us for what tax money should we spend well, on. So we're going to make it a contest. Yeah, but that's... But what is the need for a contest? Why make it a contest? I, I, again, I think the contest is to generate some interest. Maybe get you're the that's the first good idea I've heard. I think it's to, it's to generate it, interest right. to get people talking about it. We're talking about it. On sure, the radio. like if you got thousands of great ideas, then yeah, okay. Um, but you would think, no, I, I, you and me and our listeners are not going to invest in this because we think we're going to get a share of that fifty million, right? So. Are you so engaged in your city that you, you're you going to give this a lot of thought, a lot of work, and really lay out a great plan because you think your city might get $50 million? 
You, you know, when you, when you look actually at Edmonton and over the past number of years, this make something yeg, uh, uh, that whole thing that, that that came up with a lot of really, really great fun ideas. Mm-hmm. Was there any money handed out at the end of that? I don't know. I think know. there was some money to, you know, to, to facilitate it and all that from somewhere, but it, it wasn't a... Hey, we're going to give you a million dollars for the best idea. Right. Well, do you want to? And it just and it just yeah. happened, and it and it and it grew. Yep. And I hate the, that word organically, but it did. It just it grew and grew and grew. See, I guess if you want to get people mad, or if I want to get people mad, I'll take it one more step for you. So, if the city has a need, any city, any you just, community, you could just be really crabby. You know that, eh? Maybe. I'm not really though. I'm pretty rested. But but here's my here's my thought. So any particular community in Canada has a need that fifty million dollars will cover, and they're going to award one community that fifty million, and they're going to get to live that dream. But they didn't have a contest anywhere to determine that they needed an outdoor rink in Ottawa. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like well, Quinn Stanley, yeah. the federal government is located in Ottawa, and they didn't have to enter a contest. And by the way, if in this contest somebody were to say. Hey, how about we create a rink for $50 million? Do you think it would be the winning idea? No. My guess would be not, right? Not very innovative. Right. So I'm a little now more offended by this because I'm thinking, well, they didn't have to win a contest or anything. They just decided they could spend that kind of money on a ring. <laughs> As a part of Canada 150. Right. But us Edmontonians, we got to come up with something better yeah. than everybody else or in the not. country. Or don't. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah. I don't think our money, our federal tax money should be given out based on a contest. I think it should be given out based on need because that's our government. We're Canadians. That's the Canadian federal government. Yeah. They're supposed to be looking after us even if our zip code yeah. is not Ottawa. <laughs> again, and, and I agree with you on a, on a number of points here. Again, I think it is a way of, of generating ideas and interest. Yeah. And see what see what comes out, right? So you have all of these people blue skying ideas, throwing everything at the wall. Then you know what I would do? I would say that we will award, like you just said, $1 million to the best idea. Now I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. willing to overlook the fact Mm -hmm. that my idea might take place outside of Edmonton. But give a Canadian half a million, 50,000, anything to come up with a great idea. Hey, Daily Dell. Good day. What's going on? I agree with Andrew on this mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. What, what, so what? We have fifty million that we should just give away in a contest for some reason when we're thirty some billion. No, what, what's the bet? Yeah, it's thirty billion this year, isn't it? That we're in debt. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we have fifty million to just throw away on a random contest. <sighs> I don't understand uh, it. Like, it's I, funny, uh, Dell. I got more worked up about this the more I thought about it. That so now we got to win a contest to see federal money. I, I actually have an idea of why they're doing it. They're trying to crowdsource good ideas. Yeah, that's yeah. What I said. Thinking that, oh, that'll do yeah. it. But yeah, what's my incentive? Right. To provide my money making great idea. Exactly. And that's what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why would I give that up if if it's that great of an idea? Sure. Maybe that's the great idea. Maybe Dell, you and me should submit that idea that you award a Canadian a million bucks to produce the best idea ever. You're going to save $49 million on that and you'll get more great ideas. You know what? Even better idea. This is something they did in the military and it was so effective. Um, If you found a fault or a problem in the military that cost money Mm -hmm. and was a repeated problem and you found a solution that was effective and worked, 
you got the cost savings for that year. Wow. You know so, what? Algoma Steel used to do that. If yeah. you could document a savings to the mill and document it over the course of 12 months, they would split the savings with you. And I knew guys who worked at Algoma that took home a check for half a million, quarter of a million, because they found those savings. Yep, there was a... Uh Oh, God, what base was it? Uh, it was an air base out east. I uh, can't remember which one. They used to have a problem with these uh, light boxes. They were covers for circuitry for the airfield, uh, for the lights that ran down the sides. And in the winter, the plows would clip these boxes and <laughs> smash the hell out of them. And it cost a ton of money to replace mm-hmm. them. So what they decided was some guy came up with the idea of putting a flagpole, the little flagpoles you see on fire hydrants, <laughs> yeah, yeah. putting those on it with glow-in-the-dark, so that when the lights hit it, you could see it in the middle of a, in, a, in the middle of a storm. He, the guy he made, got one hundred ninety five thousand dollars for that. Year's <laughs> wow! Wow! Nice, Dell. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, this text came in and says. <laughs> Uh, in addition to the feds wanting to run it like a buck contest, the city wants ideas from citizens. So now we are all going to be unpaid interns for the city's promotions <laughs> department. And that's, you know, that's my biggest part yeah. of it. It's mm. well, what kind of agreement. So if it's your, if you, if it's your idea, yeah. if it's your idea that gets picked mm-hmm. and the city gets 50 mil, what do you get? What do you get? What do you get? Hi, Hugh. Hello. What's on your mind, buddy? What kind of garbage can they feed us now? <laughs> I agree. We're, we're how far in the hole? And we're giving away $50 million for a slogan campaign or whatever, a good idea. Mm-hmm. You guys are that out of... We elect, we're supposed to elect these people that are worthy of these salaries, and this is the best that they can feed us. You know, and that's uh, I, that's I saw, the, I saw that's it. I hit a new low, but this is this is disgraceful. See, um, that's what I mean. Like when I first told you, and I guess I said I had a problem with it. And I should have probably not said that off the top. But when I first told you that the feds have fifty million to give to a good idea and Evan to could win it, there's part of you that's been beaten so long that you go, oh great, well, we no, could get fifty million. I, I but as you start thinking I don't it through, think it's said it's beaten. It's like, at, well, at first, at first glance, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I have a fifty million dollar idea, Andrew. What is it? Let's do a five million dollar accounting audit and get rid of what don't work. Me and you with the savings and go live in Fiji or something where there's sand. I love it. I love it. Great to hear from you, Hugh. Thank you so much. Three twenty on the six thirty chat afternoon news. So the city wants... The city wants your ideas. Wants your ideas to help them win 50 mil. (laughs) From the federal government, a program, uh, Innovative Cities uh, program. Apparently, they've uh, the city of Edmonton and other communities as well have already had focus groups and asked for ideas and uh, as well have asked city employees to participate in providing ideas. Now they're asking you to do the same. And you can find out the information on the uh, city of Edmonton website. That's just edmonton.ca. Hey, Jason, what's on your mind? Um, if you had an idea, what would you do? If, what would they do if you could if you patented your idea? Then they would have to pay you. I suppose, but I mean that's true any day, whether the contest is running or not running, right? Right. So patent your idea before you send it in. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that would be actually quite funny because my guess would be that they wouldn't even think to look to see if the idea was patented. But I'm not even sure what kind of idea they're looking for. I've read through the site. 
And I think they've left it sort of open-ended. It could be a product. It could be a building. It could be a service. It could just be an idea. Hopefully, it's not another trademark or anything. Like, I'd hate to think we sink another $50 million into getting a second Maple Leaf at the end of Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Or something just ludicrous. And But you know what? That's the other thing that I'm a little skeptical about. Because these are the guys that do stuff like that. So if you come up with the dumbest idea ever, like, hey, why don't we rebrand Edmonton by calling it Edmonton, Edmonton with Maple a Maple Leaf, Leaf period. Wouldn't you feel, part of you feel kind of bad that we got the $50 million for that? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And those are the people judging the ideas. Well, it's an independent board. An independent board. An independent board. board. But the same type of people, right? Well, you don't know that. Well, it's government-type people, right? Listen, I'll just say it. They wouldn't know a good idea if it drove up to the front of their house and smacked them in the face. Thanks for the call, Jason. Hey, Glenn, what's on your mind? Well, I was just thinking, it's $50 million that they're talking about. Uh, Every area in the city has a rec center of some type, but yet in that area, there's really nothing for the people. Why couldn't they turn the Coliseum into a rec center for that area? Yeah, I wonder what $50 million would do for that, for the Coliseum. Well, there should be, right. Rec center for all those people in that area. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, the refurbishing bit is... Yeah. it's It's a... Big cost, and is there a obsessed place to? I mean, you could, just, you could yeah. add another couple of sheets of ice and a soccer, couple of soccer fields and running tracks. I mean, it'd be. Uh, well, here's the thing: all those ideas have been talked about. Mm-hmm. In addition to you know just demolishing the Coliseum, but with a fifty million dollar budget to work with, maybe some of those ideas become usable now, right? Yeah. And it would make a lot of sense, honestly. I'm sure that I that idea is too logical to have been suggested yet, would be my guess, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest with you. Because you know what? If you were running the city and you've got a huge, massive building like that, that's a problem. It's a problem for the city because it costs money to have it demolished. It costs money to refurbish it. And it Double costs the money, cost now right, to demolish. And it costs money to do nothing with it. So it's just cost you money no matter what you do. And then the federal government says we got $50 million for a good idea. That probably should have been top of the list. You know what's really sad is that we live in a country where if we don't like something, we tear it down. Yet you go to Europe and they're just continuously refurbishing what they've got. Yeah, can you imagine if that was the attitude? You're right. Imagine if that was the attitude in Greece. They just <laughs> they just kept tearing down those buildings that have been there for two centuries. <laughs> That's funny. Thanks for the call, Glenn. Appreciate it. Uh, we need to take a break now for the 3.30 news. Uh, thanks for calls. Thanks for your text on the other side. We'll check with, in with uh, Rob Roach, the director of Insight at ATB Financial. Uh, he's looking at the big economic stories that he believes will affect Alberta in 2018. You won't want to miss it. With Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It is Monday, 3.38, time for The, the Hoot. Hoot. Joining us today, Rob Roach, Director of Insight ATB Financial. Hey, Rob. Good afternoon. Hey. I'm liking this topic. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting looking yeah. ahead to next year. So you want to talk about the four big economic stories that we should keep our eye on for 2018. The first one being free trade. And before you tell us why, it's one of those stories, of course, that has been in the news because of Trump's threats to rip up NAFTA. But I think as Albertans, sometimes we don't realize that that could have quite an effect on this province. 
Absolutely. I mean, Alberta is a benefit. We benefit from free trade. You know, there's always, over time, uh, pros and cons and winners and losers. But when you look at the big picture, since uh, free trade came in and then NAFTA, um, we've done better by having that open, um, open competition with the United States. And if, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty around this issue, if um, President Trump um, and the United States decide to somehow tear up NAFTA, it would just, even if it didn't create a lot of long-term damage, just the uncertainty in the short term mm. would cause a lot of economic disruption, and it likely would um, be a net, um, net harm to our economy over time. So now, is that um, disruption solely in the oil industry, or does it affect a lot of industries? It would affect a whole, a broad array of industries. You know, for example, our agri-food sector, which has been a really strong performer in the province um, over the last few years, and is building up. You know, we sell a lot of, of our food products to the United States, and if there was protectionist measures introduced and, and uh, less competition and more tariffs and those kind of things, that would hurt our, our agri-food industry. Energy is a big question mark, whether or not it would be um, exempted, but President Trump likes to bring it up. He brought it up, uh, he said, after his recent meeting with the Prime Minister, you know, energy and lumber are, are two big issues. So it, it would be pretty broad-based in terms of uh, its effect on, on our provincial economy. It would be nice if just kind of cooler heads prevailed through all of this mm-hmm. and some productive conversation was happening. You mentioned oil. Let's talk pipelines. Uh, you say it's the second wind that we've got to be watching. And boy, we've been watching it closely for the past uh, number of years. But into 2018, oh, got to get some things done. Yeah, this is a, not a new issue. So, you know, years ago, we didn't talk about pipelines, um, but they have been in the news because we've had all this trouble of actually getting one built. Um, there has been some, some good news. Uh, you know, the Keystone XL got a little bit closer to being constructed when the uh, folks in Nebraska uh, passed another hurdle in terms of the regulatory approvals. But that one's still to be built, and the company uh, building it is still thinking whether, you know, after all this trouble, is it still viable? Hopefully that one will get in the ground. Um, we've had some success among some other pipelines. Of course, Energy East has been uh, mothballed. And the big one is to get our oil to the West Coast. And that's where Trans Mountain, which has been approved, and the National Energy Board once again said, um, you know, you can go ahead and build this thing. So if we could get that pipeline finished, despite all the opposition to it, um, it would give us that opportunity to get more oil to the Asian market, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't solve all our problems, but it would give us another customer, maybe get us a better uh, deal on our oil. And long term, that's where the growth is in Asia. So that's a really important one to keep our eyes on. So the growth is in Asia for uh, for our oil products. What? What is the growth in the United States? Is it fairly predictable and flat? Uh, well, the U.S., um, in part because oil has been um, inexpensive lately, um, they're using more oil than ever. Um, but they do have a long-term strategy down there to, to, to reduce consumption. And they're one of the places where if electric cars uh, take off, you might see some nice dent in, in terms of uh, the demand for oil in the United States. Even if it goes up a little, it's not going to grow a lot more. And, of course, they're drilling a lot more with their shale oil. Mm-hmm. So the growth, you know, if you look at the curves on the graphs, Asia is where the line is, you know, curving up nicely, whereas in the States it tends to be either flat or falling off. Still our best customer, still buying more oil from us than ever, but, you know, just thinking over the next 10, 20 years, Asia seems to be where more of that. that well, exactly. And when you need a pipeline, you need a pipeline. They don't get built overnight. No, it takes time to get these things, and then to build up our market and, 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 and give the confidence to Asian buyers that we can deliver on what we say we're going to do. 
And your third uh, point you wanted to talk about is unemployment. I know we've all three talked about this on mm-hmm. occasion with yourself and Todd before. So what's going on with unemployment? What should we be keeping an eye on? Well, it's another reminder um, that we know we've come out of the recession, we're growing again, and there's a lot of good news on that front. But the human side of this is the slowest to catch up. Yeah, people um, don't feel that way. I think there's a lot of people out there that still believe that they're, you know, it's full-on recession. Well, if, you've, if you're still out of work absolutely. and still looking, I don't blame them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and unemployment, in terms of our unemployment rate, this, as of November, it was 7.3%. Before the recession, we hovered between four and five. Yeah. And those couple extra percentage points of unemployment, that's tens of thousands of people um, scattered across the province who are looking for work. And for them, the recession is still a live thing. And I think we have to remember that. What we want to watch in 2018 is hopefully that number is going to keep coming down. Um, but either way, we want to remember that it's real people. It's not just numbers mm-hmm. on the page. Yeah. Do, do we expect it to get down very far, though? Well, that's the tough part. We don't expect unemployment to get back to sort of where it was pre-recession anytime soon. Yeah. It's probably going to stay, you know, maybe maybe if it gets down a little bit below 7, that would be what we're expecting. But just because, you know, jobs aren't coming back as fast uh, as we'd hoped, we're not in another boom. We're sort of just in a recovery phase. Um, and things can change on a dime in Alberta, but everything looks like if oil <laughs> stays around 50, we're still going to have... Um, not enough jobs to keep up with demand. So Rob, let's just stay with that one for just a moment. Uh, Back in the day when I used to have a real job and I worked for Algoma Steel in the oil patch, what we would do every morning, independent of one another, the salesman, is we would check the rig count in Alberta. And you would try and see how many rigs were operating out there. And it was always, uh, you know, some peace of mind to see the number going up. But the difference between then and now, and it's been 25 years since I was in that industry, is that you would see this incredible hike in oil prices and the rigs would start coming north from the United States or the mothballed rigs would rigs would uh, get into action. That hasn't been the case in the last few years. Is that because the price of oil is more stable than it was in the past, or is that because the price simply hasn't gotten to the levels it did in the past? Um, it's a bit of the, it's, the price is the big, the big driver. It's also, um, and we have seen some uptick in rig activity, which is good news. So there are um, more rigs, more drilling going on in 2017 than, six, than 2016, but it was so low in 2016, anything would be an improvement. But it is that, you know, the price is still around that point where there is some conventional oil that um, is profitable, so some new drilling makes sense. Um, but a lot of that activity is also up in the, in the oil sands, and they're not doing a lot of new projects, mm. so they're sort of going on existing things. So we need the price to creep up just a little bit further to see, you know, a, a real another bump in drilling activity. So some folks are getting back to work. It's just it's not enough to get everybody back to work. All right, let's talk uh, the fourth wind, as you're putting it, and that's a household debt, how much we have. And is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, this is another one on the human side of, of, yep. of the economic situation. And not all debt is bad. And, and in Alberta, we do have fairly high incomes on average that can offset some of this. But we do know that we have the highest household debt in the country. It's rising. We're coming off a recession. And that unemployment rate is still stubbornly high. So you put all that together, and the Bank of Canada raised interest rates for the first time in seven years last year or this year. And they're probably going to do it again early next year. So that means our credit and mortgage rates and, and, and all those different rates that are based on the Bank of Canada are going to go up as well. And it just puts a lot of pressure on people who are maybe already strained. So it's another reason to keep an eye on, on yourself and your neighbors, and they might need some help, but that debt 
uh, issue is a big red flag, I think, going into 2018. So, you know, any opportunity I have to uh, quote this when I'm talking to an economist, I jump on the opportunity. But when we're talking about household debt, so John Maynard Keynes has the uh, paradox of thrift um, theory that people save, uh, you know, I'm not shelling this a little bit, but, you know, people and governments spend or, or spend less money during bad times in order to save money. But in fact, the paradox is if they would spend the money, the economy would get going faster. So the fact that debt level is rising or is higher than it, you know, has comfortably been in the past, is that potentially a good thing? At least money's getting out into the economy. Oh, and that's absolutely true, Andrew. I mean, and especially sort of during the recession, um, both out of necessity, people turning to their lines of credit um, when their savings run out, say, you know what, still got to eat, still got to put gas in the car um, to get the kids to school. So that debt does keep things going, and it's not a bad thing. It's that when it starts to um, get overwhelming for individual families, and they, you know, they're having trouble making the payments, and it becomes that sort of monkey on your back that doesn't go away now that times are, are picking up, that's where there's this lag. You know? So the recession's over, and the Bank of Canada is going to raise interest rates based on the Canadian economy, not just what's mm. happening in Alberta. And so that's where it just gets a little bit tough on an individual level. Um, even though that debt financing was helpful, it can't sort of maintain it too long. You know, do you think, uh, just to spend a moment longer on this, do you think to a great extent that's a regional thing? Because I think most Maritimers understand that, you know, you make hay when the sun shines, right? Like they, they're they used to being in a position in many parts of the Maritimes where the work comes and the work goes. But in the in Alberta, uh, we kind of expect the work to come back as soon as the price oil jumps again. We we expect the companies all to get on the phone and get us all back to work again. And that what's happened here is that that just hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah, we're used to in Alberta, and it's a good thing to be used to, which is, you know, um, after you know after the 2009 uh, recession, employment did jump back up. You know, it took a few years, but it was fairly quick. And it's not like it won't happen. Um, we certainly hope that uh, we'll see those unemployment rates down. But it's definitely going to take a year or two to catch up and then for it to really um, mm-hmm. get better. And it's that time when the debt issue becomes, um, we're not used to that. We're used to getting back to work, like you said, maybe a little quicker. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe things will change. But the way the wind is blowing right now, um, we should be braced that we're, you know, we still have some low job numbers and high unemployment. And that's where the debt piece does yeah. become uh, more concerning than maybe it normally would be. As always, lots to keep an eye on going into a new year. Absolutely. And, you know, these are, are four. And, of course, we always need to keep our eye on the price of oil. Um, and it would be nice to see natural gas do a little bit better as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess... The reason we should give a hoot about this is it's more than just the price of oil we should be keeping an eye on when we make our economic plans. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's two, two big things, I think, to give a hoot about on these issues. One is, you know, to stay, stay vigilant. We, you know, the pipeline issue, we're still working mm-hmm. on it. Um, we can't get complacent. Same with protectionism and free trade. Um, we need to keep pressuring Ottawa to say, you know, it, things that benefit Alberta, like more open trade, please keep working on that. And then the human side, you know, unemployment household debt is to remember you know we, we pride ourselves on being a great place to live um and i think the rubber hits the road on that you know in these t- in these months after the recession when we say hey we still need to help each other out um so you know, i would encourage people to do what they can and remember not everybody's doing well rob For roach sure. director of insight at atb financial always great to talk with you rob uh do we have you next week or todd I think you have Mr. Todd Hurst. All righty. Well, good to talk to you. And if we don't talk to you before Christmas, have a great one, okay? 
Same to you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Uh, we don't have much time here before no, we check we out don't. your headlines. Uh, I really quickly wanted to tell you about this because we don't spend a lot of time, need to spend a lot of time. I saw this story over the weekend. Did you see it about the Sage Hill Rock? Yeah, this was going on in Calgary over the <laughs> past the couple of weeks. Thing. And people just, it was like a mag- magnet and they just kept hitting yeah. it. So picture a parking lot in a mall that's still under development. Um, a yellow painted curb, the kind that you'd want to avoid running over because it's a curb. And they placed a rock there that on purpose, like sort of a decorative, decorative kind of rock. rock. Yeah. In order to hit the rock, you'd have to drive up on the curve curb, which I would assume most people don't do. But in fact, so many people have gotten hung up on this rock (laughs) that they've had to move the rock. And one car was actually turned on its side. Yeah. An SUV tipped itself over hitting this big rock. How can you not see that? How can you not see the curb, let alone the... The, well, the other way around. How can you not see the rock, let alone the curb? But yeah, people have been time and time again well, hitting this rock. My stepmom smacked into a a concrete barricade in, in a parking lot, empty parking lot once. Yeah, really? It's like, how'd that happen? How'd you, Just jump out at you? It's fun. They've moved it now. They didn't destroy they, the they rock. Oh, great. <laughs> They've well, they've moved it to a oh, neighborhood. They destroy the rock. No, I guess you know. Well, I take mean, a some jackhammer. Some people need to destroy their driver's license. That's what maybe. they should be doing. Uh, they've moved the rock to a neighborhood nearby, and it's a good five or six feet from the curb. So you really have to miss it now to hit it. But uh, yeah, that's just and that. Listen, I'm not even going to jump in the. I opportunity. want a decorative rock. I would love that rock in I my front lawn. I want a decorative lawn. rock on my front lawn that yeah. has the numbers of the house on it. Oh, they're expensive. Hey? I know. Yeah. If, yeah, and you can't just spray paint the numbers on. Like you gotta, you know, mm. should be. No, you chiseled. can't. Although in some neighborhoods it happens anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I won't jump at the opportunity to make fun of Calgary drivers because I have a suspicion that if that same rock were in Edmonton, it would probably get nailed just as many. Do you times. think so? I do. I don't think Calgary drivers are any worse than yeah, the ones but, I see up here. Um, hmm. It's a rock. <laughs> There's a. It's a rock on a little median with a with yeah. a curb around it. See, in, Ca- in Calgary. And in Edmonton, somebody will hit the rock with their car. If you had the rock in Fort McMurray, somebody would steal the rock. That's just the neighborhood you're in. Do we have listeners in Fort McMurray? Probably. Mm -hmm. Well, I should have said somewhere else then. North Battleford. (laughs) (laughs) Forget I said Fort McMurray. I apologize to the residents of Fort McMurray. I meant North Battleford. Well, you've never been all too friendly to the Battlefords, so... I've never liked that town. (laughs) Really? I've never found a reason to go back to it. Of all the towns in this country that I've been, that is my least favorite. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.